We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, a lot of good stuff tonight. Are you ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready for rapid fire, baby. Let's do this. Do it. It's what people have been waiting for. They've been waiting for our movie critique, and that's at the end of rapid fire. I think you're right. Yeah, so we got to get through these other topics first. So (laughs) Uh, fill in the blank. It's blank that when Jack Swarbrick was a recent guest on the College Football Inquirer podcast, he said he expects that Notre Dame will be compensated similarly to the Big Ten in the SEC when the Irish sign their next TV deal. It's a great thought, but I don't see it happening. I, I, it feels like a, uh, a pipe dream that they're going to get that kind of money from a network just for Notre Dame. Like I just don't see that being the case. Now, I think they're going to make a ton more than they're making right now. No doubt about that. And they're still going to get a piece of the ACC puzzle. And so I'm sure that he's adding that in as well, but I just don't see them in the, what, the hundred million dollar range. Isn't that what the big 10 is giving Mm -hmm. to like every big 10 school? I I just around a hundred million bucks. I got a hard time seeing that happen. If it does, man, I, I look, I already respect Jack Swarbrick for a lot of the things that he's done for Notre Dame. No doubt about it. But my respect level will go up even more if he's able to garner a $100 million deal for TV rights. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a uh, a starting negotiating point, <laughs> you know, like saying we expect to get what the Big Ten and the SEC yeah. are getting. Now, the key in this whole thing, as we've talked about before, is do you have a bidding partner? Like, right. is, it, yeah. is it just going to be NBC or is there someone bidding against NBC? And we were also talking, I think it was last week you were you were gone. Like we were talking about, you know, how negotiations work, because if you've got Notre Dame sitting in the middle saying 100 million and you've got NBC on this side and some other partner on the other side. Right. And each of those two NBC and whoever they're, you know, whoever's bidding against them don't know what the other is bidding and don't know what the other is willing to go up to, then maybe you push close to that number. But you've got to have more than just NBC in there, I think, if you're going to come close to that. Because if it's 
just NBC. And, you know, Jack has been very NBC friendly, I feel like, in the past with these deals oh, yeah. because of the comfort level they have. And, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a negative. They were comfortable with what they were getting. They knew what they were getting with NBC. They knew that Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame knew that Notre Dame was going to have a say in some things like kickoff times and, you know, just a, a lot of different logistics of the broadcast. So that's been good. But if your goal in this contract is to get close to a hundred million bucks, you can't just be saying, well, we like NBC. We're going to stay with NBC right. because I don't think they're just going to throw out a hundred million bucks because they've been with you for 30 years. Yeah. Everyone's in business. No hometown discount. Like that's, yeah. and I, and I realized you know, NBC took a chance on Notre Dame way back when, you know, dance with who brought you, blah, blah, blah. No, man. No, no. Not with the way things are going. Not with the landscape that is right now with TV deals and everything. You cannot give NBC the hometown discount. You just can't do it. No, right. No, number not one, now. you're throwing money away. Mm-hmm. Number two, I don't think the product is all that great. Like it'd be one thing if NBC was knocking it out of the park and it was just right. great and and the announcers were awesome and all of that. Okay, let's talk about a little bit of a discount so we don't have to worry about you know the the competition and you guys losing us. That's not the case. Like let's see what let let's take this baby out for a spin and see what she can do for us. Like that's how mm-hmm. I feel about the Notre Dame football product. Let's let's see who who's interested. Let's go up and down the strip a couple times. I mean, now part of that as well is going to be, you know, if you're going to talk about going to a Fox or a CBS or, you know, ESPN, those, those are the three, you know, those sure. the, the logical three potential is like, are you going to have to concede that you're going to have noon kickoffs, for example, sure. for home games, you know, like how much, how much are those kind of factors going to come into play and how much is it going to mean ultimately? Yeah. Are you willing to have some noon kickoffs? If you get your hundred million dollars or even ninety million dollars or whatever it happens to be, how much you're going to have to concede potentially yeah. to get some of that if you do take it someplace else? It's a good question. And I'll be honest with you, and this might piss some people off. I'm okay with a noon kick. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Just saying. It wouldn't be my favorite thing, but hey. I get it's, it. It's not like they've ever asked the media for their input no. before. And they never will. No. They never will, and it would make our pregame show from ten to noon very difficult. Yeah, we would uh, have to change our time. I would say that. <laughs> other than that, I don't mind being done around dinner time. Yeah, we might have to record that the night before, and then <laughs> <laughs> just play it right up to kickoff. That's right. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG One by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Irish. That's athleticgreens.com slash Irish. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so Michigan finished its spring game last week, and afterwards, Jim Harbaugh said that he has the best version of a Michigan football team that he's had in his eight years at his alma mater. So, Vince, I ask you, which is more surprising, that Harbaugh said that or that Michigan has already played its spring game? I guess it shows you how out of touch I am with what's going on up at Michigan. I had no idea that they already played their spring game. And they're three either. hours north of us. Like, exactly. Why? And it's why? been cold until these last couple of yes. days. It has been cold and wet and nasty. It would just be yet another decision that Jim Harbaugh has made that makes no sense. So I'll say that. <laughs> I would also say that what surprises me more is that the spring game was as early as it was. Because it doesn't surprise me that he's saying, oh, the team is so good. Whether that's true or not. Of course he's going to say stupid crap like that because it's the spring game and you just played against yourself. And if I, I'm not mistaken, it was a tie. I think I saw that on social media, that it was a tie game uh, at the end of the spring game. So what are you going to say? You know what I mean? So I, I guess th that's coach speak. And so I would expect the coach speak, but. But is it coach speak? Like, it seems like he's really, I, I get it. They've been to the playoff the last two years but it really just seems sure. like you're setting the bar up on yourself and like you're, he, you're he setting a bar championship for you to, yeah like you're setting a bar for you to trip over if you don't watch out that's like, typical going, jim harbaugh yeah yeah and that's so i guess maybe that's not surprising i don't yeah. know it just doesn't surprise me at all that he'd be flapping the gums about something stupid <laughs> like it just doesn't surprise me in any way it just doesn't yeah i mean it, i am surprised that they're already have already played their spring game. I think, you know, like yeah, Notre Dame's is still a week and a half away. And like you said, Michigan right. is three hours north of here. And, and this is the first nice week of weather, like now. Yeah. This is it. This is the first. I mean, it's going to be beautiful all week long. But this is – it wasn't like this before at all. No. So no. my guess is they didn't get outside at all. For practice, I mean, they were probably indoors the entire. Yeah, I know. Time. Like, did they like, play their? Did they just play the spring game in in the indoor or what? <laughs> like six just, people got know. to show up. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. I just don't understand that in any way. But whatever. It's Jim Harbaugh at his finest. Fill in the blank. Tiger Woods limping in the rain at the Masters before withdrawing this weekend was blank. So hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. And I actually watched a lot of the Masters. I pretty much watched it all day on Sunday, actually. Did I watched you? The, okay. the, the completion of the third round, went to dinner, came back and watched, I want to say the final group from about hole two all the way to the end. And, you know, I saw the clips of him limping around the putting green. It was just like, who is this old man and why did you let him into the Masters? Like, I felt <clears throat> it's like when you finally get to, you know, meet your heroes and you're like, oh, really? I, I just, <laughs> it's just, it's hard to watch. It's really, really it hard to watch. I mean, and the guy is 47 years old. And that's that's still kind of hard to wrap my brain around. The fact that Tiger True. Woods is 47 years old. But he's obviously showing his age. But I saw that. You know, he said it was like plantar fasciitis, but someone, I can't remember, was it Ryan Day? Like said that it was actually like a screw poking through his foot or, you know, because he's had all these surgeries and stuff like that. Ooh. And so it's just like the guy has been so, just his body is beaten up, you know, from the accidents yeah. and, you know, just all this different stuff. And it's it, it really was painful. To watch that it's like one it's pouring rain to begin with and yeah here's tiger limping through it and and trying to go on and then he finally has to withdraw it's a, it's 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 really amazing that it's only been four years since since he won the masters and to like to to, to think of where he has been in these last four years with all the stuff that's that's it's like age is a bitch man it it yeah. happens to all of us well you know? i mean it it happens to all of us but we don't all like wrap our tree, cars around a tree and like that's do all true the too stuff that he that's did. true too i mean that's true i i do feel like if he didn't have but some your of the body issues, also doesn't recover right. the same after Dude, you're preaching to the choir stuff. here i i <laughs> i get it completely but like <laughs> He was always in such great shape and he was like one of the first golfers to like be working out all the time and and really doing good things with his body, you know what I mean, and being in really good shape. I feel like if he didn't have kind of all these off the course issues, he'd still be playing at a high level, you know what I mean? And to see him limp around like an 87-year-old man was just it was hard to watch. Like it was when tough. you think of Tiger, you think of like the 97 Masters and and you think of, you know, all of these different like him chasing the ball into the into the hole like pointing at it you know what i mean when it, mm -hmm. and just being just high energy and all these different things it's like okay i guess i'm ready yeah, yeah man like i guess i'm ready for tiger's kid like that's i guess i'm ready to turn the page at this point that kid can strike the so. ball you know what i mean so. Let, let's put him on the on the tour and we'll put tiger in the senior tour and then we can go watch him up in benton harbor i think that's it <laughs> A University of Indianapolis player threw a no-hitter and hit for the cycle in the same game late last Unbelievable. Week. Have you ever witnessed either of those two things in person? I've seen a high school no-hitter, but those are not all that exciting because it's, no. there's usually errors. Most people don't even know and, it's a no-hitter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're usually playing a team that can barely put nine breathable players out there. <clears throat> right. So right. I, I have not wist, witnessed a, a competitive no hitter, uh, nor a cycle, which by the way, in my opinion, hitting for the cycle is way more difficult than throwing a no hitter. I'll just say it. Uh, cause I think there's a little bit of, well, there's a little bit of luck in both, uh, but like hitting a triple 
it's really difficult. Like you, you got to kind of get some carom. Like it's not easy I to just, do. I just remembered, by the way, you did the game, the Notre Dame baseball game at White Sox Field with me. Yeah. Guaranteed rate, whatever that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember the late inning controversy in that game? No, because I don't. Jeremy, Jeremy Barnes almost hit for the cycle in that game for Notre Dame. There Did was a really? play, a ball was this. well hit to left center field. And who are they playing? Like Northern Illinois. They're playing Northern like Illinois. That. I do remember that. A ball was well hit to left center field. And the guy had to really run to get there. And the ball went off his glove. And then he ran into the wall and then bounced away. Barnes pulled in to uh, to third base with what looked like a triple, which would have been, it would have given him the cycle. And the Notre Dame SID, I'll just say his name, Michael Birch, because we've gone back and forth on this <laughs> for years. He's not the SID there anymore. But he called it an error instead of a triple, which would have given Jeremy Barnes the cycle. Would have been the first time I had ever witnessed uh, someone hit for the cycle, and it would have been in a pro stadium or, you know, pro ballpark as well. But it didn't happen. I've, and I just remember that you and I were together for that game. Oh, we were absolutely didn't together happen. for that game. And uh, let me show you something here, Sean. Let me show you something. <laughs> Boom. There, there it is. is. You and me in the Look dugout. Two strapping young lads. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, buddy. That was, was a long time ago. But that's us in the dugout prior to the game. I know. It's a long time ago, friend. It's a long Youth. time ago. I know. <laughs> That was like 15 years ago, I think. I, it had to be close to that. I don't know. It was that was one of the first things I uploaded to Facebook when I got Facebook, and that was obviously a long time ago. So I don't even know what the actual date was. I uploaded it in 2008, and I know that it was before that. So I think it was from the 2008 season, though. Was it? If I remember right. Okay. It was either it was either 07 or 08. I, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was 08. But okay, well, I'd have to go. There back you and go. Look. But that's the uh, that's the best uh, picture we have from that of you and me. There you go. All right, well, let's get to the movie. Air. <sighs> Here we go. We went and saw it over the weekend. It's the the movie about Nike's pursuit of Michael Jordan after he was drafted by the Chicago Bulls in 1994. So first, rated on a scale of one to ten. How do you rate Air? <sighs> right now, one viewing. I'm going to give it an eight. It felt very similar <clears throat> to like a money ball. You know, it, it kind of had that feel to it to me. And I, I'm a huge money ball fan. Like I, mm -hmm. I will watch that movie almost every time I see it. That might've um, been the last movie we saw together before seeing be. this was money ball, which is pretty funny actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it an eight, but I feel like if I go back and watch it again, it might go higher. Like that, that's yeah. how I feel right now. But I, I didn't want to overdo it, so I'm going to give it an eight. Where are you at? I'm right in that range as well. I was thinking eight, eight and a half. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought like it was reminiscent a little bit in the opening of like Miracle with uh, mm. the little montage of, you know, they did a montage similar to Miracle. Now, it, it wasn't about how depressing everything was, but it was just kind of like, Here are some of the things going on in 1984, like yes. all the real things 
that were going on with some of these news clip kind of, you know, montage and stuff like that. I thought the soundtrack was really good. I thought it just moved. Like, there were never any points. Like, (laughs) I was sitting there, and I finally got up to go to the restroom. But, like, I'm like, (laughs) what point am I going to pick? Because I don't want to miss anything. And so I was finally – I can't even remember exactly when it was, but I just jumped up. I raced out. I got back as quickly as I could because, like, it kept moving from one thing to another. There were never any real, you know, dead spots, I felt like. Yeah, no, I agree. It moved along very quickly. I was never thinking to myself, man, when is this scene going to be over? Like, I never had that thought in my head. And I have that thought a lot as I'm watching movies. You know what I mean? And there'll be scenes that I'll just fast forward to, like, favorite movies that I'll fast forward through certain scenes. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that was not the case here. Like, there was no... Like every scene moved the movie along. They, right. They all had purpose. They all had reason, you know? Uh, so I agree with you on that. Did you have a favorite scene? So I had trouble with this, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I ended up going with the scene between Sonny and Mrs. Jordan in the backyard at the picnic table where he was predicting what Adidas and... um Oh, uh, Converse, Converse. we're going to say, you know, in their meeting, like I was, I thought that was pretty funny and they're kind of back and forth was pretty good there. Viola Davis is obviously an amazing actress. So, I mean, I I thought that scene was pretty good, but like a very close second for me. And and this is actually what I wrote. I said, uh, any scene that had Chris Tucker because he was (laughs) frigging hilarious. He He was was hilarious. He was really good. Really good. That's true. I mean, that was a good scene. The backyard scene where he's there. Um, the, 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 the kind of the, 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 basically the scene where they all get together in the conference room and yeah, Damon, you know, Sonny Vaccaro gives his finally gives his speech. You know, it was like, it, it like, if you, if you're comparing it, to Moneyball, you know, like, you know, like Moneyball, Brad Pitt had his little speech and all that kind of stuff. And like Sonny, like that was, that was kind of the, the, the climax of the movie where he gives the, the spiel to the Jordans and they ultimately, you know, end up getting it. After that, to me, it was actually Ben Affleck as uh, Phil Knight in the jogging uh, outfit. <laughs> Like as he's running like down the street and then he's got the tights and like even that jacket, it looked like yes. very eighties, you know, <laughs> and they did a good job. And I know this is going to sound odd, but Phil Knight is a very top heavy dude. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. He's just kind of boxy on the top. That's and true. As Ben Affleck was running down the street from behind, he looked like Phil Knight. Like they did a good job. Because everybody knows what Ben Affleck looks like. Right. They did a pretty... I saw a side-by-side of of what Phil Knight looked like at the time and what Ben Affleck... I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's they pretty close. They did a close. good job with it. They did. They, a did. Good job. Yeah. they really did. I thought so. So did you go home and Google <laughs> what happened versus what was fiction? Uh, I didn't until I read the rundown, and then I did. Because you're okay. like, did you... And so then I did, and then I Googled it, and... From what I was able to find, it was pretty stinking close. Now, there's obviously some uh, controversy amongst the players in all of this as to like who 
was kind of the quote unquote MVP of the deal. Yeah. Apparently, Nike executives have tried to discredit Sonny Vaccaro yes. over the years because they fired him in '91. Like right, <laughs> in terms of what his actual involvement was and all that kind of stuff, which right. I don't know. Like, you know, obviously if you're taking one person's account of the whole and apparently the he did, when uh when the last dance was being made, the, the you know, the Bulls 30 for, 30 for 30 documentary whatever you, you call it a few years back, they sat down and interviewed him for three and a half hours and Ooh. for whatever reason none of his stuff made it into the last dance oh, in wow. what was that like 10 hours of the last dance or yeah. something like that none of his stuff made it in there but the guy who made this movie the guy who wrote the uh uh who, who wrote the the screenplay went and got that uh three and a half hour transcript of his interview and that's what he based i guess uh, a lot of the screenplay interesting um, i yeah I saw, you know, Phil Knight obviously kind of discredits him. They give a lot of credit to that coach that had a very small role. Oh, George Raveling. Yeah. Yeah. They they give him a lot of credit for it. Even Jordan gives him a lot of credit uh-huh. for it. I saw a quote by Sonny Vaccaro's like, Phil's a liar. Jordan's a liar. They're all lying. <laughs> you know, the whole thing. And then somebody else kind of came in who had done some research on it and said, really, the, the truth is closer to what Sonny is saying. But obviously, it's not all true. But like, it's closer to what he was saying. Like, he was a very big part of it. it sounds like the Jason Bateman role had a bigger kind of a role in the whole thing. At least that's right. what Nike wants to push. That he was kind of the and now you know I'll say driver. I didn't you know come home and Google any of it. But of course, <clears throat> you know, as the weekend went on, you did start seeing the counterpoint articles that were coming yeah, out. You know, course. here's what really happened in that. Right. It's like I just. I never like getting too involved in that. I know it's, like, it's, it's, it's a movie. movie. We, we've talked before. It's a movie. It's made right. for entertainment purposes. Exactly. You know, just it's like not a court, court of law. Right. Just like, you know, Joe, and this is a point that a lot of people bring up with Moneyball since we brought it up. Joe says Moneyball is such a ridiculous movie. Tried to convince us that Hatterberg walking is what made the A's a very good team. No mention of Giambi, Tejada, Chavez, Zito, Mulder, and Hudson. Well, one, they traded giambi at some point during the season it was jeremy it wasn't jason but yeah. like the thing about the pitchers like i hear dan patrick bring up the thing about zito Mulder, and hudson all the time i would tell you that any team that makes it to the playoffs they're going to have good pitchers they were trying to make a movie about the analytics revolution Correct. trying to fit oh by the way we had zito Mulder, hudson like where does that make sense in that screenplay you know in terms of right how you're going to tell the story in a in a, you know, in in less than two hours, about you know, a, a, essentially the analytics movement and how it, it kind of got kickstarted. So it's like you you can get too caught up in too many details right. when you're trying to tell a concise story. And all three of those guys were homegrown guys, weren't they? I mean, exactly. They, they, they came didn't up go out through and the system. Get them right. So they it didn't doesn't acquire them. It doesn't work. Was acquired, which was right. part of the yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But again, everyone's going to have their own. That's fine. It's, like, it's still a good you know, movie. Like, the scene that you were talking about, apparently Vaccaro did say like he never visited the Jordans. You know, like most of the conversations they had were on the phone. There were a lot of conversations between him and the mom. Yeah. But I guess most of them were on the phone, for example. But again, it's like details, schmeetails, you know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's a much better. And that was a big part of the movie. He shows up. Yeah. 
That was a big part of the movie was him going to, you know, and how, you know, odd that is and how you just don't do that and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the other thing that I found, uh, so you, you led me down this rabbit hole today. The other thing that I found was that the agent for Michael Jordan was actually very pro Nike. He wasn't kind of this adversary oh, that he was so made he out to be. the antagonist. Okay. And, a, and apparently he pushed a lot of his clients towards Nike during that time frame, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, there's that. Interesting. So it's a little bit of a Dan Devine device there. Right. How yes. the agent was portrayed. Yes. Huh? <laughs> I believe. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so the most negative thing that I've heard probably is from the people who are basically saying, well, this is Nike. It's a big corporation. You know, the movie treats it like that they're this spunky underdog. So what do you think about that? Well, they, they were a big corporation, kind of. Like they were in the run. They they were a running shoe right. corporation. Very, very sort of narrow lane and, that they were in. Like they And were, they, they were, acknowledge that, though. Like, yeah. They, you know, when, when Sonny was in there arguing with Phil, he's like, you made all this money and you're giving me $250,000 to go out and get a basketball guy. Like, come on, you got all this money. You, you, come on, you got to give me something. And, you know, so they, I mean, they acknowledged that in the movie. They just weren't the basketball shoe brand in 1984. And I think right. that's accurate. I mean, they... They talked about the fact that they were thinking about shutting down the basketball division. Right. It's all accurate. Like that, and that I mean, was all legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I agree with what Joe is saying here. They were the underdog at the end at the time, because like, you know, he says, I think Converse was the official shoe of the NBA. And I remember like, I didn't play basketball in high school, but I had a pair of Converse of high tops at around that time, you know, like yes. that was, that was the shoe to have like Nike wasn't even really making high tops. I don't right. think well, at they that didn't, time. they didn't make up that commercial that they showed in the movie, right. That showed magic and bird, right. You know, talking about their converse. It was like, a real commercial. That's yeah. a real commercial. You know, they didn't make that up. Like they were all converse people, you know, it was Dr. J. That was the three it was Dr. J magic and bird. Yeah. And they had them up on the wall and the whole thing. And, and, you know, Mrs. Jordan was like, he doesn't need to be fourth. <laughs> he wants to be first. So why would like, we go to Converse? I don't know if you remember, like, when they would show Phil Knight, he had those different pairs of shoes sitting in the background and stuff like that behind All him. running shoes. And, and there was the blue running shoe with the gold swoosh. That was the first pair of name brand shoes 
that I owned. And that was like really? early 80. It was just a, a, you know, a few years before that. Like, yeah, that was, that was it. That, that uh, blue running shoe. And of course, yep. you know, cause again, it's it, like, you didn't really like, that's where you basically saw Nike was, was in that vein, maybe a little bit, you know, like with, with the tennis, you know, like the court shoes and stuff like that sure. and the running shoes. But I do literally think that like this deal, not only mm-hmm. did it make Michael Jordan, a multi-billionaire. I, I, it's, I think it's, it essentially ended up launching Nike. You know, I, I don't think you can underestimate right. what it meant. So like, you know, again, like, like now, what, almost 40 years later, it's easy to say, well, they're just the, the, the corporate giant and all that kind of stuff. But then, not then, like Joe said, I do, they, they were a little bit of the underdog, definitely in the basketball space. Anyway, right. Anyway. They were a niche company. Like they, yeah. they were running shoes. And the reason that they were running shoes is Phil Knight was a track and field athlete at right. Oregon. And so that's what he knew. And that is how he started his company. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're not Marshall. We had voids growing up. Being poor was awesome. Dude, I got that's all my shoes at Payless. Okay. So yep. you're preaching to the choir on this one. Like I said, I didn't, you know, like it took until middle school before I finally got a pair of right. name brand shoes, you know, and it was it was always an ongoing argument to try to get another pair yes, of it name was. brand shoes. Yes, so it was. Like, Why are you getting these when you can pay <clears throat> half as much? Kmart or Payless. Or oh, I, I remember walking with my dad into Payless every time I had to get a new pair of shoes. I was like, come <laughs> on! You're killing me here, Dad. Come on, don't you know? But here we are. Yeah. Somehow I made it to adulthood wearing Payless shoes. So yep. I just thought that it, it was really fun to see uh, Affleck and, and Damon together. Yeah. And, and like to me, like this is where Affleck is his best because he directed it like when he when he directs and he is a little bit more understated as an actor as opposed to you know like really trying mm-hmm. to like i feel like that's when he's at his best and i thought damon was really good i thought viola davis was yeah. really good in chris it tucker and you say great. chris tucker was awesome like he kind of stole like, the show at times you know what i mean with, yeah. with his humor and like it was really really good it was really it was unexpected humor i will say that like i I didn't go into this movie thinking I was going to laugh. And I laughed right. out loud on a couple of different occasions. Well, like, does does Chris Tucker do much anymore? Like, I, I really... After, it's been a while unless he's paired up with Jackie Chan. like the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, that's that, that's the last I remember of him. And that's been a while. You know, as you said, I think that was with Jackie Chan. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't... He resembles his younger self, but he's, you know, he's put on some weight. Like he's, he just looks like an older version, but he was good. He was really good in this movie. It was well acted across the board and they got some names in, in this, like you said. And uh, I I thought that they all did a really good job. I I thought that Ben Affleck actually did a really good job portraying Phil Knight. I mean, from a physical standpoint and from a, you know, I'm the CEO and I answer to the board and he was kind of afraid to make some decisions. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? We're going to do this. You know, yeah. like I, it, it was just, it was well done throughout. I was impressed. Yep. I was too. And uh, I guess um, <clears throat> Amazon, it's like Amazon studios yeah. is, was, was involved in it. So it probably won't be long until it shows up, you know, streaming here and uh, right. we'll get some opportunities to watch it <laughs> again. So. Yeah. 
which I'm looking forward to. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, in, in the original, uh, I was going to take my son to go see it. So I'll just make him, I'll just plop his butt down on the couch and make him watch it. Good idea. So, all right, we will finish with that tonight. Go see air. I do recommend it. It was it's good. It's good entertainment, especially for April. Like you don't usually see a lot of good stuff come out in April. Good point. So it's usually Memorial Day is kind of what everybody has circled, right? So yep. you know, and then summer, etc. But yeah, it was good. Really good. That's gonna do it for tonight. Smash the like button on your way out, and of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports.